Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Yo. Yo. Aubrey Edwards, Tony Schiavone, we bout to party. We bout to party. Unrestricted. Got the house now. We gon' turn it up. Hey everyone and welcome to AEW Unrestricted, the official podcast of All Elite Wrestling. And I am finally, finally joined once again by my wonderful co-host, Tony Schiavone. Where have you been, asshole? Where do you think I've been, bitch? In your home, doing other shit. <laughs> That's more important than than hanging out with me. No, I'm hanging out with my hanging dog. out with Bug. Apparently, you, you see my new you see my new dog Kirby. So you're walking around. She's Kirby and Bug just hanging out. Yeah, boy, no big deal. He doesn't have he doesn't want to have anything to do with her, man. That's animals in general. Yeah. I have, I have cats. They're both 17 years old. Mm-hmm. Same litter. They still hate each other. The last 17 years, man. Something about animals. Yeah. Anyway, we've we've been catching up a little bit. So let's let's get to it. Let's get to the meat of this podcast. And talk with uh, our guest today, Prince Nana. Hello, how are you? Joining us from Brooklyn. Yes, my good, 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 good friends, Aubrey and Tony Schiavone. I'm finally here on the podcast Unrestricted. How are you? What are you giggling about, Tony? Why are you giggling? Sing me a song. He started giggling so early. <laughs> Sing me a song. We're in the money. We in the money. We in the money. <laughs> Oh man, he did that on a promo, and I almost fell out of my seat. Oh my God, that is my celebration anthem. Whenever the embassy is number one, okay. all right. When it comes to hit list, all right, my you, friend, you got it, brother. AEW <laughs> Unrestricted is no longer a podcast; it is now a Broadway musical. We're a musical <laughs> tradition. We do musicals, we do soundtracks, all of that stuff. <laughs> What are you having? Some vodka this morning? That's some vodka you're having in your cup, Aubrey. I like it. She's having a little bit of vodka. <laughs> this is water because it's 7 a.m. here in Seattle and I am dying of thirst. <laughs> oh, what a beautiful city Seattle was, by the way. Right? Oh, yeah. God. Right? The fans, the scenery, everything. Yeah. Everyone's like, why do you why do you fly cross country every week? And it's like, well, if you lived here, you'd understand. And now that everyone's been here, they're like, oh, I get it. Okay. Let's stop talking about Seattle and how awesome Seattle was for AEW. Let's talk a little bit about Ring of Honor. Yes. And I know you're just talking about Embassy being number one. Cage, Khan, Tawa, they defeated Dalton Castle and the boys. <laughs> Ring of Honor, six-man tag team championship. What did it mean for you and the Embassy to capture those titles? Oh, man. With a tear in my eye, <laughs> all right, me and the Embassy, we headed downtown, all right, over where we were in Texas, all right? And we had some shrimp cocktails, all right? It was flowing all night long, the shrimp cocktails, my friends, all right? <laughs> one day I'll put you on to exactly how that goes because we have sauteed ones, we have grilled ones, we have a whole bunch of different, you know, uh, celebration uh, foods 
And for the embassy to bring in the six-man world title at final battle, which is the grandfather of events for Ring of Honor, it, it was truly a blessing, all right? And, you know, those guys, they took my advice. They, they took the direction that Prince Nana and the embassy wanted to take them. And we took them to the promised land. And there's more promised lands to go. I didn't know shrimp was something you could define as flowing, but apparently that's that's a verb you can add to shrimp. I don't want to follow that up. It's hard. It's very hard <laughs> to follow it up because it's a statement of reality, my friends. All right. Uh, without without going into your 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 past Ring of Honor, which we will do, oh, I wanted to talk about I wanted to talk about how you started in pro wrestling, how you came to this country from Ghana. That's a great story. I was an exchange student. You know, I was very excited about America. You look at TV, you know, and, and you see all the people dancing and, you know, people being mean with each other, but then being nice afterwards. I wanted to be a part of it, you know. So I went to John Dewey High School in Brooklyn, New York, all right, which is one of the prestigious high schools in, in the New York City area. Foxy Brown went there, Angie Martinez. Shad Gaspard went there, Ricklin Stevens, who they call him, uh, I forget what they called him. But a, a couple of pro wrestlers went to that school, but I was actually the first pro wrestler to get trained by Johnny Rods, all right, the unpredictable Johnny Rods. I started training with him in uh, 95, 96, okay? And when I was training with Johnny Rods, I was training with Big Vito. I was training with A-Train, which is known as Devon Dudley. All right, a, a gentleman by the name of Fabian Street. And we used to have a whole host of characters coming down from Taz all the way down to, you know, you, you name it. Mm. They came to Johnny Rod School. So I did that for about seven years because I, I was a, a kid when I started with Johnny. All right, I was a little boy. All right, maybe about 15 years old, something like this. So I, I, I started with him as a photographer shooting all the different events, all right? I used to shoot Devon in his early years before he got to ECW. I used to shoot Skull Von Crush, which is Vito. Right. Tony worked with him uh, many, many years. Sure did. And, and then the training that I had with those guys were grueling. You know, they would come bring me in the ring, throw me around, pick me up, throw me down, get up, fight back, don't fight back. You better sell. You better move a little bit more so. All the training that I did at Gleason's gym with Johnny Rods and, and the rest of the team there, it was the culmination of, of where I am today. If I didn't have that training there, it wouldn't have given me what I have today. And I definitely have to give a shout out to one of my other trainers who basically trained me on the technique of, you know, doing shows and, and kind of doing TV. His name is Jim Ketner, all right, the founder of ECWA. In Delaware, he used to run the Super 8 tournament. So those are my trainers, and that's how I got started. It started in 96. I didn't get my big, 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 big break, all right, until I did a show at Madison Square Garden, and I wrestled, I believe it was uh, Crash Holly, rest in peace. Okay, I know we're going to keep going on in the story, but that little snippet. <laughs> that's our whole second segment right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's like we just jumped right ahead and just let, let's talk about all the cool shit. <laughs> yeah, there's, a, there's a lot of cool stuff to talk about, Prince. It's a lot. But one of the coolest things I want to talk about is the first day you arrived with us. That was kind of uh, last minute, wasn't it? Oh, man. I actually, one of my, my executive producers, he's sitting here right now. He's a producer. His name is Gizzy G. We were having a, uh, a business meeting that morning. 
kind of like just going over what we were, what the plans were for the rest of this year and moving on. And we were doing it early. It was August. <laughs> so we were doing, you know, kind of like going through those things. Uh, I had just gotten back from Los Angeles doing some independent dates out there. I was thinking to myself, you know, I don't want to say that I was thinking to myself, is it time for me to hang it up? You know, I don't, I don't want to say that. Okay. But I was more contemplating what more can I do to give back as much as I can to the wrestling business without seeming selfish? Because, you know, being on TV, it's, it's an opportunity. All right. It's not something that everybody gets. So, so I wanted to make sure I gave back in some kind of way. But anyway, we were sitting down having our discussion. It was like probably 1.30 or 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And yes, I've been to the AEW shows in the past because I have a ton of friends who supportive of me and they know that I support the product. And boom, I got a text out of nowhere from one of the executive producers at AEW. He was like, hey, listen, are you local? Are you in the area? You know, we're having a situation where you can purchase something from us. So we we, we made that the talk. We, we had the little discussion. All right. And next thing you know, boom, you know, Prince Nana has a lot of money. So it, it, money is not an issue. Okay. Money is not an issue. Okay. So Prince Nana, boom, was in Boston, Massachusetts. Okay. We, we, we got the Blanchett situation out of the way. You know, he's a great legend that I respect. And there's nobody else that, you know, nobody's shoes that I would like to fill more than Tully Blanchett. You know, so like everything that I did in the wrestling business came together in one day on July 23rd. And I'll always remember that day. And I'll always remember all the people involved. I met Tony Khan that day. I met him before, but I met him again that day. And what a great meeting we had. And man, the shrimp cocktails that night, my friends. Oh my God. They had the big ones, the big juicy ones, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I also print, uh, met Prince Nana that day uh, for the first time. And I remember, I think it was Sanjay maybe who said to me, Prince Nana's coming. You're going to love him. And he was right, man. You are such Thank a treat so backstage. You really are. Tony, is, it's, it's interesting because before even Tony got to AEW and started doing his stuff at AEW, he hit me up on Twitter, followed me back and was like, Big fan, Prince Nala. And that's all he said. And that was a really, really great thing before AEW. So I appreciate that. That's absolutely awesome. So you come in, purchase Tully Blanchard Enterprises, announce before Death Before Dishonor that you've reformed the embassy and you've got you, Brian Cage, Toa, Khan. Why this version of the embassy? Well, number one, Brian Cage is a number one draft pick. I don't care what anyone says. He's a number one draft pick. He's a former world champion in the wrestling industry. I've been tracking this guy for more than 10 years. All right. I've seen him in the Spanish networks. I've seen him in the American networks. He's somebody who just needed a little bit of a cosign from somebody who knows what they're doing in this generation. Does that make sense, Aubrey? It absolutely does. When it comes to, to Toa and it comes to Bishop Khan, you know, Bishop Khan, he is a former six-man world champion with ROH. People, they always overlook that. But, you know, we, we're going to make the fact a reality again because, look, we've been showcasing him. Look at the body on him. Look at the physical prowess. And in the ring, 
he's calculating, all right? He's always thinking, all right? He's not just rushing out of breath and listen, take your time, you ask star. And Toa, the Samoan and Puerto Rican beast himself, my God, look at him, all right? This man is working so hard, he has three or four kids at home that he needs to feed, all right? And that he needs to be a leader for, all right? And you know how the Samoan heritage is, all is one, all right? So with this team, all right, and with, as Tony Khan said it, the legend of the embassy and Prince Nana involved, all right, is <laughs> nothing but uphill from there. So, so the question of why these guys, why this team, you know, who do you want me to select, all right? You, you know, if you throw anyone else to me, it's not going to be worthwhile. But look at these guys. And, and I guarantee you, Brian Cage will be your next world champion soon, all right? Ooh. Big words. It sounds like that with your confidence <laughs> and with your money, okay, that maybe uh, these guys will not be the only ones that will be part of the embassy. Oh, I've been watching you, all right? I've been watching you, Tony Shabani. all right? I've been maybe interested in bringing you in, all right? <laughs> but, you know, I, I've also been, you know, just watching some of the top tag teams in the world today, such as Private Party, you know, which is a tag team that was trained by a trainer out in the New York area, but he was mentored. They were both mentored by me. Right. You know, I mentored those guys before they even got to AEW. You understand what I'm saying? And, and yes. I would like to, you know, keep an eye on guys like Top Flight. Did you see the match with Moxley and, and Claudio the other day? Amazing. You know, those guys are going to be top performers in this industry that we're in. And, and when you're talking about singles, competitors, you know, there's a couple guys that I see they haven't been getting the shine that they should get, like Flying Brian and just a couple of other, you know, names that I can throw into the mix. But Prince Nana, <laughs> I'm a good businessman. And trust me, I have a couple of things up my sleeves. All right. Very good businessman with a wonderful background. We're going to keep digging into it here on AEW Unrestricted. We continue on AEW Unrestricted. Tony Aubrey talk, <laughs> talking with Prince Nana, who is always happy. Always. You've already told us the story about uh, training with Johnny Rods. Yes. But you wrote a letter to the WWF, didn't you, years ago? <laughs> How did you know that? Well, we, we we have a lady named Stacy who is a great investigative journalist. Oh, wonderful. Oh, man. When I wrote that letter to WWE, I was a kid. I was looking for a trainer to train with at that time. And I really didn't know where to look. And WWE responded maybe about three months later. This is when I was 13, 12, 13. And they gave me a list of schools. And one of the schools that was on there was um, the Monster Factory. Right. And they had a couple of other schools, but they had Johnny Rods. And that was like really close. I didn't know who he was, you know, at that time. And I was a big, at that time, WWF fan because that's where we got most of their stuff. Right. So I, I did the trip to Johnny Rods, and it was history from there. I started out as a photographer. I begged my mom, please let me train to be a wrestler. Can you help me pay for this? She said, absolutely not. Mm. You know, you have your own royal stipend. Use your, your royal money that's in the bank, all right? And I did that. And basically, uh, once I did that, it was history from there. Damn. Sorry about that. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's all right. Oh, 
Brooklyn City Life. It's New York City Life. You can't, you can't win, you can't lose. You can't. Everyone's just pissed off in your driveway honking. That's that's the reality of life. <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about that royal stipend that you just mentioned. Yes. You know, we have an influx of money, all right? And a lot of it started back, I don't know if you ever watched R.O.H., but it, it all started back, all right, because of my good, 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 good friend, Barack Alabama. Okay, and it's because of Barack Alabama that Prince Nana is in the, the position that he's in today. All right, he gave out these unique stimulus packages back then. All right, everybody <laughs> was so excited about the Trump stimulus package. Forget it, Barack Alabama. He blessed me. All right, and since then, Prince Nana has been able to work with the likes of guys like Jimmy Rave from Tamaso Champa. You know, we have guys, Alex Shelley. We have so many guys. Claudio Castanoli was in the embassy at one point. So, you know, I'm very thankful for that. And outside of that, you know, my family lineage and, and, and our royal history dates back all the way to, you know, say to two who I am named after. All right. He, he's the one of the creators of the Ashanti throne. All right. In the region of Ashanti. You know, the family lineage and, and the history. I don't know if you know what's going on in Ghana, but a lot of, you know, celebrities and a lot of people are going back to Ghana to see their roots, you know, to see where they came from, to see the usher fort, where the slave ships left from to go on that transatlantic journey to bring them all across the United States and the islands. So it's a beautiful thing to see those things happening. And there goes their honking again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's sickening. All right. Is that one of your friends in your uh, in your driveway? I, I don't saying, think they're my friend now. After today, they're not going to be my friend. I can tell you that much. After today, they're not going to be my friend. No. Okay. Not doing that to me. Despite uh, any stipend or thing from Barack Alabama, uh, <laughs> you joined ROH in two thousand two. Are we right? Yes. Okay. Talk about that experience. Well, two thousand and two. It, it, it was a time again. WWE was using me for different events already. I had did Nassau Coliseum. I worked Steve Blackman. Uh, I started doing trips to Japan with Zero One. Hashimoto was actually the one who, who invited me out there. He saw my work wow. uh, and invited me out. And and one gentleman who used to be the, the main booker at Ring of Honor for many, many years. All right. I believe he's an executive in one of the other companies now. He, he came up to me and he said, you know, hey, listen, I, I've been a huge, huge fan of, of your work over the last six, you know, five or six years. And we're starting this up and coming promotion out in the uh, Pennsylvania area. And you are one of the first people we want to have on the roster because we feel that you bring something special to the table. You have a unique style. And, and at that time, I was kind of more hard hitting and I really was wrestling and they brought me in. And history was made. I was one of the first African-Americans or, or Africans on, on the card at that time, alongside, I believe, Scoop Andrews and some other people. History was made that day in, in Philadelphia, 2002. So you're at Ring of Honor, and then you formed the embassy in 2004. Who were the early standout members, and what was the inspiration for the idea behind the embassy? Well, you know, it's interesting because, you know, the thing that really made me stand out a lot from a, the other guys when I was wrestling back in the day is my delivery of my promos. 
Right. And I thank my mother every day because she's the one that helped me sculpt my promos, even till today. With that and with, you know, how I actually wrestled, okay, I think that was what people were waiting for. They were waiting for me to rough them up on the microphone and then get in the ring and go crazy and then rough them up when I was leaving. They loved that. So the promoter at that time that I was telling you about, who's an executive now, he he loved it. He was like, listen, I have some guys that aren't really doing so well, and I think that you would be great as their manager. Mm. Do you think, you know, without it being a, a diss to you, do you think you can manage these guys? And I said, absolutely. I'd love to. And that was something I always had in my head, you know, as a kid also, because I loved Bobby Heenan. I loved, you know, Jimmy Hart and all those guys. You know, I took on that opportunity. And right before, and, and I was always a creative guy, by the way, because, you know, even at Johnny Rods, you know, he used to have a, a wrestling company. He never really called it anything, and I helped him name it and stuff like that, and I did his programs and so on and so forth. So right before I went through the curtain, and I believe this was in Boston, I had Xavier, who was the second Ring of Honor world champion, all right? He was joining the stable that night, and I believe he was wrestling AJ Styles. And right before we went through the curtain, this is right before we went through the curtain, the executive producer came up to me and said, what's the name of this action? And I was like, the embassy. He's like, all right, let's do it. History was made. Uh, since then, I was able to use the embassy brand throughout rest the, the wrestling industry. And to see it land back where it was born at Ring of Honor, it truly brings a tear to my eye. All right? It truly does. You know, some of the best things in wrestling have been created on a moment's notice, really. Oh, yeah. Ab- absolutely. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's one of them. No surprise there. So... You had a tryout for the, in the WWE in 2013, we're told. Many, many different ones, but that was a big one. That was a big one, right? Yes. What was that like, and what kind of opportunity did that turn into? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, because I didn't think you were going to ask me about this. You never know. But it's just, it's just funny, because it's just a funny, funny situation, because it turns into seven years later, or not even seven years, like, that was years ago, so it's like, Almost like 12 years later. I don't know. 10 years later. 10 years later. Yeah. And she, I ended up running into uh, Stephen Regal Ooh. here. Okay. And Stephen Regal was one of those guys that was there and he was trying us out. And again, they wanted me to wrestle, but they already knew what I'd do. At that time, they knew I was managing most of the time, but they still threw me in the ring to wrestle. And I, I held my own, you know, for as much as I could. They took me into the uh, promo room. Steven Regal was amazed. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. Because, you know, he was amazed and he was, you know, pointed at me and he gave me that look. And I was like, okay, this is it. You know, finally. And 10 years later, I get signed to AEW. So I'm in the room. I'm in the green room and I'm talking to Tony. Tony, I'm like, Tony, you, thank you. So you're the one that made the biggest step in the pro wrestling industry that, that no one wanted to take all these years. And, and to finally have it happen here at AWROH, man, oh man, it's about to turn into some good stuff. We're just getting started. Oh, yeah. I want to want to step back a couple months from there. What was going through your head when sort of Ring of Honor was shutting down? Just knowing that your history with Ring of Honor and how extensive it was. Oh, man. 
everything is just weird because like Ring of Honor, I always said to myself this, and I know this is going to sound really like cocky, and I always said this to myself, you know, and I'm going to say it to you guys. I said a couple of my good friends. I said, whatever company I end up in is going to be the best company in the world. And boom, that was Ring of Honor. And at that time, to see Ring of Honor going through what they went through, it was a, it was a, it was a heart reckoning thing. But then through like positive vibes and people who have brains, it was able to rise from the ashes. And, and it's funny because I'm just saying this again, because I sent a text out and you can look at this. I sent a text out the day before death before dishonor. It wasn't a text. It was a tweet. And I said, best of luck to everybody. Ring of honor is my baby and blah, 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 blah. And then boom, the next day I got that call. And, and it's just crazy. We are talking with a uh, Prince Nana. <laughs> and uh, we do have a lot of questions uh, coming up here on uh, from Twitter. So, uh, Prince, oh if you're God. ready. <laughs> Everybody says that. Oh Everybody says, God. oh, my God. <laughs> Not Twitter. <laughs> That's like talking to TMZ or something. <laughs> my goodness. All right. Oh, my God. When we come back, we'll get into those fucking Twitter questions. <laughs> Next. You are listening to AEW Unrestricted, Aubrey and Tony with Prince Nana. Yes, yes. Calling it all the way from Brooklyn, but calling in from Ghana in his heart. Yes, yes. I'll be back there this year. It's a homecoming year for uh, Prince Nana. And I will definitely be uh, getting some footage to the brand return to the royal throne. Uh, I'll get some footage over to ROH and we'll be sharing that with the fans. Wow, that's great. Good stuff. How often do you go back? Uh, this is going to be my grand return. I wasn't there since my father, his one year anniversary of his death. I was a kid back then. But uh, since then, like my family and my friends, they've been there and family just comes and goes. So uh, they're waiting for me to come. It's going to be a big, big, big celebration. Similar to the celebration that went down when Kofi went back to Ghana. Absolutely love it. Uh, we've got quite a few fan questions. Oh, my God. From Twitter. <laughs> From Twitter, of all places. That horrible, horrible cesspool. But there's some good in there. Yeah. We got a question from Matt Henson. Where did the huh come from? What does it mean <laughs> to you to use it in your promos? Huh? 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 What does he mean, huh? Huh? Well, basically, the huh is a part of the um the dialect, all right? But when we when we change it to an American tone, if you piss me off while I'm talking, or if you know if I'm talking and I'm really gonna give it to you, all right? If you get a heart out of me, you know I'm pissed off. Okay. Okay. So again, like one of the the, the main people who helped me craft my stuff is my mom. So like when whenever she talks or whenever she gets pissed off, she starts with the hum. So that's where I got it from. Huh? <laughs> All right. Don't want to pitch you off. No, please don't. Tony, no. you're already you're starting it out. You're starting, Tony, huh? Huh, Tony? Come on. At the code book wants to know, can we get the Diamonds Are Forever theme back? It was always my favorite embassy theme. I'm waiting for Tony Khan to cut the check. That's all <laughs> okay. I have to say about that. All right? Okay. Once Tony Khan cuts the check, we're going to get 
Exclusive rights for diamonds are forever by Kanye West. But you know, Kanye has been acting weird lately, so I have to have a yeah, n- yeah, you know, we not necessarily to- something yeah, we want. <laughs> you know, it's too much. But then the one that I really want to get the rights for is um drugs, all right, by my good, 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 good friend, little Kim. All right. And you know, if we could get the drugs instrumental, that will get the embassy where we need to be back as far as the music. But right now, the music is great. I don't care about the music. You can give me, um, you know, Ebony and Ivory, and we'll walk to the ring with that. Okay? It's simple. But I'm waiting for Tony Khan to cut the check to the royalty people, all right? So... What is wrong with the Diamonds Are Forever theme from the James Bond movie done by Shirley Bassey in 1971? Yeah, just do that one. No, 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 no. That one, that one, I can do it. We can do that one, too, but the, that one is too much money. Okay. That this one specifically, it, it's from a time they don't care about. We don't care about Kanye West. We don't care about him. But the music is from a time where the embassy was at the greatest peak. Jimmy Ray and Alex Shelley. You know, mm-hmm. these are guys. You know, rest in peace to Jimmy Ray. What a what a great great individual he was. Yeah. You know, I just want to talk about him just briefly. Just a great. Great performer, one of the greatest performers of our generation. A lot of the guys that you see in the ring today, they were inspired by him. You know, he helped me create a, a position in, in the embassy known as the Crown Jewel, you know, and it's a position that one day will resurrect it in a tournament, the Jimmy Rafe tournament, something like that, to crown a new Crown Jewel of the embassy. And, and that role right there is a very, very big shoe to fill. But rest in peace to Jimmy Rafe. That's a good friend of mine. Jimmy Rave was a very good, 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 good friend. Very good. Good, 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 good friend. On on that note, we got a question from Shea Monster. Who would you bring back to join the embassy? Claudio, Alex Shelley, Seidel, Stevens, Rhino? One of the guys that I had a good time working with, you know, and we had a really good time doing it. There's a couple of people I would bring back, but if I were to bring back one guy, that would just change the course of everything going on, it would be Tommaso Ciampa. If you want to know how the embassy works, okay, and why we, we have so much opportunity in the wrestling industry or history in wrestling, look at the rise of Tommaso Ciampa, okay? This is a smart person, an individual who befriended me when I was at the height of my career, okay? You have to choose your battles, my friend. And he chose his battle to be with Prince Nana. He, 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 you know, came under the learning tree for a while, even though we were still kind of at the same level as far as experience, but he came under the learning tree. He took my advice and he, you know, got what he needed out of it. And look where he is today. One of the top alumnus or alumni from the embassy. All right. Killing the wrestling industry. God bless him. You know, but he would probably be, you know, one of the people that we would like to have back one day but the negotiation for that <laughs> is gonna be so big oh boy boy oh boy but well, we'll shell it out for him but we really don't need him right now we, we we're into to making new styles i'm here to discover new people and that's what, what we're gonna do we're talking with prince nana and we're going over questions from fans from twitter you mentioned jimmy rave earlier that's at w mac yeah master's book he wants you to share your favorite jimmy rave match and a favorite jimmy rave story Okay, but my favorite Jimmy Rain match would probably have to be the feud with uh, him and CM Punk. Okay. Steel Cage. 
bloody. You know what I'm saying? This was the culmination of everything that went down in Chicago. You know, this was probably right before CM Punk left to go to the WWE and stuff like that. So that was probably one of the best feuds that we had was with him and, and CM Punk. It's a memorable feud. People should go and watch it on the ROH Honor Club. All right, sign up today, my friends. Okay? Good pitch. Very good. And then um, what was the other part of the question you said? A great story. Oh, a story. You know, just Jimmy Rave. There's so many, so many stories about Jimmy Rave. He was such a good guy. He stood up for what he believed in. I don't really have any stories, but I just know that he was a guy that stood up for what he believed in. You know, I've seen him um, in different countries you know, have great matches, and then he's kind of hanging out with the guys that don't get treated as well by the promoters. Right. He'll end up cursing the promoter out. Yeah, stood up for you the know, not, not cursing the promoter out, but he'll put the promoter in their place. Like, listen, Bozo, right. you're here because of us. Matt, we're not here because of us. I, I get it. Kind of a stand-up guy for the boys, right? Exactly. Exactly. And, Mike, you couldn't just, you know, and, and he was very open-minded. One thing that I loved about Jimmy, he was a blonde, he was blonde hair, blue eyed guy. And this is with everybody. I'm just saying this because I'm African, you know, I'm African American and this African, but he really loved our culture. Right. Okay. He really, really like wanted to know more. When it came to the embassy stuff, he called his finishing move the gonorrhea. <laughs> you know, just things like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just his daughter. You know, she's a beautiful human being and his kids, just a great guy all around. Just a great guy. And you'll hear tons of stories down the road about this. He was just a great mentor to a lot of guys that are signed today. Mm -hmm. Guys and girls that are signed today. Great wrestler, great person to learn from. You know, we all have our demons. And, and I just pray that his family, his son and his daughter, that they continue to, you know, stay blessed in these hard times. Yeah, I had never met Jimmy Rave, but what you just said is universally what everyone says about him. Like, just such a great guy, looking out for everybody. And he was a star. He was. Like, he was one of those guys that you would see him and you would, like, kind of freeze up, like, oh, hey, how you doing? Hey, you know, you know how it is at the back when people see, you know, people. But you would definitely freeze up for um, Jimmy Rave and Tony Schiavone. When I see Tony coming down the hallway, man, I turn into the Statue of Liberty sometimes. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> Tony knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, well, maybe, maybe the next time I see you walking down the hallway, I will hit you with the question that unfrozen caveman gamer wanted to ask, and that is... What's that? What do you know about shrimp cocktails? What huh? do yes. you know about shrimp cocktails, my friend? <laughs> And, you know, I'm tired of these people trying to make it seem like it's something, you know, kinky. All right. <laughs> shrimp cocktail is, is, a, is a delicacy. All right. Isn't that, you know, people keep thinking it's something kinky I'm talking about. I just love shrimp cocktails. All right. You have it in the sauce. You put it in the sauce. You dip it. You, you know, all of these type of things. Tony, turn your head around. He's looking at his dog. <laughs> My dogs are killing me. The dogs are killing him. You're okay. you're saying shit that's making him laugh constantly. I was thinking about bringing my cat on too. 
When you said there's nothing kinky about shrimp cocktails, I went, <laughs> wow, man, we've jumped a shark with us. Yeah, that's that's why they're afraid to let me talk on the mic sometimes because, you know, you know. But let me tell you something. I follow all the guidelines. I can be very, very sharp with it, even without saying one cast word, like Rick Ross. Mm. <laughs> My gosh. I don't know. Tony was in the ring for that one. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I heard, I was like, wait, we're giving Rick Ross yeah. a live microphone. Has anyone given him the guidelines of the FCC? Yeah, right. Didn't you dance at his wedding? Didn't he do his like, uh, song at your wedding or something? Like his, uh, his song, Hustlin', was the entrance music for my wedding. That's awesome. I heard that and I was like, that is so cool. Rick Ross, the boss. Yeah, I told him and he called me a G and I'm like, I could die. I could die. <laughs> He's the absolute best. Back on the topic of shrimp cocktail, uh, we have a question from Ref Aubrey on Twitter. Do you have a favorite brand of cocktail sauce? I, I usually go with the Heinz. Mm. Okay, I like Heinz. I like to keep it basic, you know, or I just make my own. Or sometimes I just use butter. Mm. All right? Old staple. Or a little bit of Old Bay sauce will do the job, you know? No need to get to... You don't like Old Bay? No, because I'm not from the Northeast. <laughs> oh, I love Obey. Forget it. You put Obey all over everything. Forget it. Ruins it. Yeah, but there's no particular brand Heinz. I was with you the last 49 minutes, but now, no. Now nope. you're not with We're me done. no more. With the, nope. Obey. I, trust me, one day I have to bring you out so you can taste the Obey I'm talking about, all right? I have nope. some Obey you're going to like. Yeah, mm. Obey's pretty cool. Mm. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I'm mm. joking, Aubrey. <laughs> I'm going to get killed by somebody. Yeah, well, I think everybody listening to this podcast knows exactly what we've always known. Man, you're a delight to be with, brother. Oh, man. Thank you so much for having me on here. It's a great thing to to be a part of Ring of Honor under the Tony Khan umbrella. All right. Brian Cage in AEW is going to be a sight to see. So, you know, with everything that we have going on in the background, I'm just waiting for the green light from my big guys, all right? People that call the shots from the embassy, and we're going to make some major things happen. So keep your eyes glued. We're on it. Very good. Thanks, brother. <laughs> Always good having you here, man. And you can uh, follow uh, Prince Nana on Twitter at Prince King Nana. <laughs> and how can you listen to our podcast, Aubrey? You can listen and follow this podcast, AEW Unrestricted, for free, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever favorite podcast app you have installed new episodes every thursday video episodes mondays on the youtube channel just search aew unrestricted we have dynamite tbs on wednesdays we have rampage on tnt fridays and of course about dark tuesday nights dark elevation on mondays both on youtube i am aubrey edwards with my close personal friend tony shivani thank you so much for listening to aew unrestricted come on throw your hands up let me see you unrestricted